Hour two of the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Sajay Williams is here as well all week long. You are really pumped up for tomorrow. You yeah, recognize the song? Yeah, you're in it. Like you're you're really you're feeling it. You're excited. It's it's right around the corner. Twenty four hours from now you'll be like headed to KC or there already. I'll be there already. I'll be in the parking lot already. See that? Free See gaming. It? Yeah, baby. Well I gotta have a couple beers before you yeah. go. Yeah. Couple of pops before the pops. That's right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That is a really good line. Like that. Liking that. <laughs> yeah. Couple of pops. Now he's. You may be thinking if you're not a wrestling fan when you hear a couple of pops for the pops, he's not talking about just more beers. That's he's right. talking about the crowd pops, the people going off when they hear the music hit. Last time I went to AEW, the crowd wasn't as hot as the first time, but it was still a good crowd. This one's almost sold out, so I'm expecting a really hot environment. Whoa, boy! That's always better, you mm-hmm. know. Obviously, the makes- fact. The fact that they're doing three shows lends itself, I think, to being well, a pretty good crowd. What I get worried about is it going like too long and people get, you know, a little bit burnt out sure. and they just kinda of over it and so like they had to move WrestleMania to two days. It was so long. Like heck, John Kurtz and a former uh, co-worker here as well, Brady Bowman, we went to a WrestleMania and it was a long show. You just got burnt out at the end. Mm. You know, you just had enough. Yeah. Like Let's go. So Good thing Dynamite's only two hours. If they're doing the two other shows, it's going to be like a four-hour thing. Oof. It's a long show. That's it a really long is. show. But they they got a lot of folks they need to get out there, earn their paychecks, I suppose. Right on. But it is hour two of the game. I'm seeing here today is National VCR Day. Yeah. Question is, do either of you own a VCR? Yes, I admitted to this this morning, but it is primarily because it was what was at my parents' house, a DVD-VCR mm. combo. The old combo, yes. And the only reason we have it is for getting prepared for, at some point, having to cross-dub some videos. My parents, I don't have one, but my parents still have one. And up until, boy, three years ago, they still used it to record shows. Wow. Wow. Like Survivor. Wow. They're big Survivor fans, and if they had to miss it, they would record it on a VCR tape wow. and watch it back. Honestly, I do not know the last time that this DVD slash VCR was even used. Uh, it, you know, I couldn't tell you. You might need to fire it up, you know, just to make sure yeah. we're still rolling. You yeah. Know? Uh, I, what's, what's frightening is much like the fact that my first ballgame broadcast is on reel to reel. There there are some uh, things from the A.Q. Miller journalism school that uh, are on videotape that are in my collection somewhere Dang. that, you know, maybe I'm not so high on people seeing. You know what I'm getting at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sage, you're a lot younger than us. Did you ever have the opportunity to be kind and rewind? Uh, we had a <laughs> rewind machine Dirt. in my so did we. Yeah, we so did had we. that little machine. You put it in and then... Did you push pop. down on it? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. No, we had one of those bad wow. boys. Yeah, the way it worked is like it was not much bigger than an actual... Uh, VHS tape and you, you just slide it in there and you press down on the thing that opens up so you can put the tape in you press it out and it starts running on its own you don't have to push a button as soon as you close it it's running it's like a toaster wow and then it pops open when it's done when I was in school there was 
where Goodwill sits today, a store called Rentway, and included in there was a movie rental library. You could even rent the VCR if you did not have one and walk out of there with your entertainment for the weekend. I know like VCR, I don't know if it was when they first came out or there was just a popular model at one point. But I remember the VCR is that the thing would pop open up top. Like you didn't slide it in a, in the the face part of the VCR. It o- would open up top and then you would push down on a button or push a button and it would play or rewind or do whatever you needed it to do. But ours were always like really small. Like we never had like big VCRs. But I know my parents, they still have that VCR. It doesn't go used anymore. They still have like a whole rack of VHS tapes. Wow. And I know they have like the old Disney movies that come in the white cases. They have a bunch of those around <laughs> still. The, you know, so if they're in good shape, they might be worth something. So I know it was going around that some of those were worth money. I don't think that's true. Ah. And if they are, it's a very specific type of, uh, like it's like a blue diamond case sure, or whatever it's called, sure, you know? Sure. So It's a special case. My freshman year in college was the first of the Andover tornadoes that did such damage. Uh, in in so that would have been ninety spring of ninety. That I was, was not born yet. That was my brother's junior year in high school. They were en route to Wichita for state track, or I'm sorry, for state speech. And there is a difference. And literally got told by highway patrolmen to get out of their vans under the overpass. Oh, that's not good advice. Well, at the time... Back then, maybe. At at the time, it was. That was the advice. And uh, they have footage of that tornado that is on videotape, and I've not gone back and watched it in a long time, but that's one of those that needs to be transferred over to digital because uh, it, it is quite the story. And... For good measure, they got back up to the vans after the storm had gone through, and there were no windows. Now they, the re- they were able to still drive the vans, oh. but there were no. Oh, there was God. not a single piece of glass. Did your folks ever have the big video camera that would fit a VHS tape in it and like film your childhood? My, that's why my parents, I think, still have that VCR because there are tapes after tapes of my sister or my childhoods. Me playing baseball or her doing like um, baton or something like that for when we were six or seven years old. Like that's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. There's still but, a video out there that we tried submitting to America's Funniest Home Videos, but we couldn't figure it out. But I, it was just me wrecking my bike real bad. <laughs> I thought it was Robbie Knievel. Oh. And I took it off this. I was attempting to jump off this real small wooden ramp. And right before the jump, my foot slipped off the pedal. I go over, I, I you know, blank over tea kettle, and I just go head first into this ramp. Oh my god, we need that badly. Oh my god, I'm gonna break into that house and steal that video. That's good, and you would have profited off of that. You know, you guys could have got some. It cash. could have been a ten thousand dollar bike wreck, but we we never we never got Ow. it done. Oh, my God. Well, you guys want to hit the highlights here? Yeah. Uh, we found out earlier today, K-State football recruiting. Some bad news. Joe Otting, the three-star offensive guard from Hayden High School, Topeka. That's where I played my very last football game. Got whooped <laughs> by, by Hayden. Just got smacked around. But Joe Otting has decided to go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame was very I – w- I shouldn't say very late. They were just later than everybody else mm-hmm. to the game on Joe Otting who, of course, Catholic kid, Catholic school, 
Notre Dame, Catholic school. Well, it's a Catholic-to-Catholic connection. And Joe Otting has picked Notre Dame, which does sting because K-State's had Joe Otting on campus multiple times. They have been very involved with him. They wanted him badly. And the big worry is, will this result in a domino effect with Avery Johnson, the quarterback from Mays, Dylan Edwards? They're all boys. Dylan Edwards, the running back from from Derby. Hopefully that it doesn't get chaotic. I know K-State and I know like us in the media, we're feeling pretty good about Avery Johnson to K-State. I mean, just look at the track record with Chris Kleiman and quarterbacks. Skylar Thompson just gets drafted to the NFL. Being a quarterback, K-State looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like That looks like a place you can go play at a coaching staff you want to play for because you have next-level potential under their tutelage. But with them being boys, does they see Joe Otting go somewhere else? Does that make him want to go somewhere else as well? Hopefully not, but uh, Avery Johnson set to make his decision coming up later this month. So the other news that came out today about the Big 12 was a bit interesting. Maybe a direction I didn't see it going in, but it's not much of a change. So the Big 12, this was according to FanDuel. They were the first I saw report on this that the Big 12 is planning to stay at 18 conference games for men's basketball when the league goes to 14 teams for two seasons, 23 through 25. That's, of course, with the addition of BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, along with Texas and Oklahoma still sticking around before they leave for the SEC. So this is basically the model the SEC currently has. So the way this will work, and... It's good for the Big 12 that the SEC already has this model until they go to extended because they're going to get Texas and Oklahoma in a few years, and they'll change it up. They've already announced those plans. But now the Big 12 can just kind of copy what they do with scheduling because if you didn't have that already figured out, that's going to be really tough to schedule because the way it is set out is that so the Big 12 will have 14 teams – That means, using K-State as an example, they would play eight teams once and five teams twice. So there's really no way to break them down in pods, so you got to go with those awkward numbers. Now, the way I was hoping they would go is just throw in an extra game. Now, from what I understand, other than maybe one conference, like I think it's like the Big South or something like that, maybe somebody else, off the top of my head, I can't remember, But other than one conference, everybody out there plays an even number of conference games. But if you went to 19, you could split it in half, as what the Big 12 used to be back in the day, where they would play you know, five teams twice and the other six just one time. If you had 19 games, you could play six teams twice and play seven teams once. It would be an even split. And it's almost like you're splitting up in divisions. It would be a lot easier to schedule. So those were two options. The third option for the Big 12 would have been going the Big 10 route. So the Big 10, 14 teams, like the SEC currently, and what the Big 12 will be in a couple of years, they play 20 conference games. And they play seven opponents twice and six teams once. So it's a little, just tad bit different than the previous model I did propose. I would have preferred the 19 games 
potentially even 20. Make it a lot easier for Big 12 teams to schedule non-con. It is a tougher schedule because you're playing more games in the Big 12. Man. That would be a lot better. Plus, I mean, the SEC is getting ready to boost their numbers. The ACC and Big 10 are already playing 20 games a year. It's just an extra way to catch up with everybody else. This isn't the biggest story in the world. And I don't, unfortunately, the way it's going to be now that with the change, and it's probably a healthy change in a way, but also you'll no longer be playing the round robin. The true road home playing everybody. But it's going to go back to that format where K-State will play KU at home and on the road every single year. But the Baylors, the Texas Tech, they'll be throwing a bone. And KU will be uh, throwing that bone as well, so will K-State, but against playing KU, the top dog in the conference every year, they'll be throwing the bone where they do not have to play KU twice a year. But K-State will. So it's significant. But I'd rather have them go 19 games. Throw in the extra game. It's a lot easier to schedule. You get the extra game. Who knows? It could be pivotal. It's easier to avoid ties. Just my two cents. You know, the thing I always think about when I think about like teams and different schedules within the conference, I always think about KU and their Orange Bowl year, where they didn't play. They didn't play the the toughest team they played in the Big Twelve that season. And I know this is football, but it was Missouri. They didn't have to play the other top guys in the league. I'm bummed out that someday, someday soon, we're gonna have a scenario where K State's schedule in this in the in the Big Twelve is gonna be much harder than someone else's, and it's gonna somehow screw us over. I want to just everybody play everybody home and away and figure it out. Figure it out the rest of it. That's the flaw, though, that you wind up with with the schedule that you're talking about. But what are you going to do when you have the numbers of teams that are involved? That's the that's the the big problem. You want to be able to still allow your schools to have as many non conference games as they want to have because. They've got to make their dollar as well. Absolutely. Besides just the conference games. For sure. For sure. I just like, I like the idea of like, let's go out there and um, get in another tournament or something. You know, like well, an early and, season and, tournament. And and that is part of it too. It it leaves that flexibility to be able to get into another tournament. If you have 18, uh, you know, your schedule then still leaves you 12 openings. Right. And I just, it's like, I just want somebody to like come up. A new tournament or so, you know, like instead of just the ones that we have, if we're gonna do this, I like, get with somebody and I sponsored a another tournament. I just hate that idea that it's gonna come down someday. It'll be like since he didn't have to play so and so, but K State mm-hmm. did, yeah, and it's gonna screw him over somehow, and I'm gonna be mad yep. for a day. I had to look up the KU 2007 season. You're totally right. So they didn't play Texas. They didn't play Texas Tech, and they didn't play Oklahoma. You're exactly right. There were two. There were three teams in the top 25 yeah. in the South Division, but out of the South, they did play Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Baylor. And you're talking two seven and six teams and one three and nine team against two teams that ranked uh, that hit double digit wins. You're right. The toughest team they did play is Missouri. Missouri. That was one of two ranked teams they faced in the regular season. The other one was 
K-State. Uh-huh. That was ranked number 24 at the time. Yeah, and that was a gift. You know, then they get then they get the the Orange Bowl, they get that BCS win. They that's the hardest team they played. And that's not I mean, it's not their fault, you know, they just benefited from that, but that's what I'm saying is like well, their non-con was also extremely relaxed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so the the kind of the early Snyder blueprint of like, hey, let's just uh, take it easy for a couple of weeks, which is awesome. But I just that's yeah. what's going to happen, man. Like that, I just know it. I can feel it in my bones that's going to happen somehow. Where K State plays a much tougher in 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 conference schedule, and then somebody else benefits from not, and they're going to take care of. Whoever they got to take care of. It will be interesting to see, and at least in terms of Kansas, how does it mirror K State's schedule in terms of the teams that they play once? Well, see, there, there is going to be a focus on rivalries. Of course, they'll make sure K State KU play each other twice every year. It, it's it, it it it's not like when you get deeper into mid majors and the like. It's not like you have the travel partners that we do at the smaller levels. Uh, you know, for example, in UNC's case for basketball season, we had a travel partner of Northern Arizona at times. We had a travel partner of Southern Utah at times. We had a travel partner of, if you can believe this, one year, uh, Sacramento State. It Big, was just odd. But <laughs> Big Twelve soccer works that way, right? Right, exactly. The 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 other sports do, and that's why I'm curious to see how it would mirror, at least in terms of KUK State. But given that the teams at this point, because of the way that it's scheduled aren't out on the road for uh, for any period longer really than uh, day before and game day and then fly home after the game or bus home depending on where they are uh, you know travel partners are a, are a non-entity uh, at that level let's take a time out when we come back it's time to get to my weekly top 10 plus number one song of the day ask us anything top 10 is up next. Yeah. Disco fever. Did it. Did it. Did it. Ooh. Spinning the hits on DSCO Radio. <laughs> I'm Doc Rock. <laughs> I can't say, actually, Bill Williams. Yeah, there is a Doc Rock was there here. There is a Doc Rock yeah. in this building. Yeah. And I'd pay money to, to hear Doc Rock on K Rock. I, I, man, I, wanna, I want him to. Guest star one day be awesome. Yeah, we don't have any crazy like radio names here anymore. No, as a matter of fact, when I was here, there really wasn't any like what they used to be. Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, I, we had Mr. Crowley, mm-hmm. but his last name was Crow. Right, and then they told him to drop the Mister. Do you did you ever hear this? They were like, well, maybe it's because there's an Aussie song, right? And they were like, don't don't do that anymore. No, and, I didn't like that. Um. I would. I had. I had a guy that I when I worked at the fridge at a regular. He was really cool. Um, he was like, I told him, you know, I'm going to, going to go get a job at the radio, and he was like, Oh, awesome! So, what's your name? I'm like, you know, Dave G. I just keep it simple. And he's like, Oh no! He goes, Dude, that's stupid. You gotta have a crazy name. He goes, Ah, you know, something like I don't know, Zipline Jerry. And I go, Oh my God, I'm Zipline Jerry. There's no way I'm not gonna be Zipline Jerry from now on. I shall be known only as Zipline Jerry. I'm glad though. I'm glad that's kind of out of style because that used to be the thing. But 
No. no, no. <laughs> well, you remember Sean Rock, of course. Oh, yeah. Who was in charge. He hired me. And uh, when I first started on K-Rock, we're talking 10 years ago now. It's coming up here very soon, as a matter of fact. Wow. 10th anniversary of working here. Um, she asked me, so what's, what's your name going to be? I was like, well, I'm thinking about going with the fort. And she's like, what's wrong with Mitch? <laughs> and you're like, I thought I was, I was like, supposed to do. Yeah, I thought I was supposed to have a cool name. That's my. That's been my nickname for years. <laughs> she was like, I'm mm. from here, Sean. People know me as the fort. What, are you trying to kill my career already? Come on. And now I have the Twitter handle, Mitch the Fort. It's awesome. And, I'm tr- I'm, and I've been hitting up the person who has at Mitch Fortner and offering money for that handle. Wow. And I have, it's a guy that tweeted once in the last year and a half and Come he has on. 300 followers. Come up off that Twitter handle, dog. Give it up. Give it up. All right, time for my top 10 list. Now, this is inspired by Notre Dame, because Notre Dame, not about Joe Otting, it's about them changing a few lyrics to their fight song. Mm. Throwing in some brothers and sisters now in the fight song. So I've decided to do something around fight songs. And also Big Game Boomer on Twitter. You've probably (laughs) seen them. Oh, God. Put out a list today of the best and worst fight songs. And, of course, you know, puts Rocky Top at number one, even though that's technically not their fight song. Unbelievable. But it is a tradition there in Tennessee. But the fourth worst fight song they had was Wildcat Victory. The f- worst? Worst. What? So here we go. My top ten favorite Big 12 fight songs. I didn't want to go nationally. I wanted to stick it here in the Big 12 because there's 10 teams. So it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty. Who has the best and who has the worst? Now, I said it's my top 10 favorite Big 12 fight songs. We all know what's going to be number one. So I think we need to go not 10 to 1. We'll start with the favorite, and we'll work way up to what I think is the worst fight song in the Big 12. So here we go. Number one. Yes, we all, right. all know it's going to be Wildcat Victory. Come it on. is the best. I imagine when I was a kid, I would put in the K State fights or the K State marching band CD, and I would run out of my garage with this playing, pretending I'm the quarterback of the Cats. Well, I was probably running back because I'm short and I love Darren Sproles. <laughs> but I'd run out there like we're about to go beat up Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Needed all the help we could get. But number two, number two, people are going to get offended, I think, about this order. But my second favorite fight song in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's Ride'em Cowboys. It's got the best name of all the fight songs in the Big 12. But also, this fight song has like three songs in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And plus, when you hear this part of it, like the fans are waving back and forth. That's like when they scored a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, it's so much happening. <laughs> and then when they kick field goals, they use this song, they quiet it down. And then when it's up and it's good, crank it back up. I've talked a lot of trash on, like, Boone Pickens Stadium. But along with the band, like, the music they play for third down, it's just, uh, 
it's a pretty solid environment. It is. At Boone Pickens. It is. <sighs> Don't get mad at me. This is number three. I can remember being intimidated by this. Sorry. I just uh, threw it in my mouth a little. Texas always brings their band, right? Yeah. So you got to hear all the time. It's not. This is cool, too, I think. They call it Texas Fight. Which, by the way, five out of the ten fight songs in the Big 12 have the word fight in it. Hell yeah. In the title. Hell yeah. That's how you know it's time to fight. All right, where are we at? Number four. Number four, very underrated fight song. <laughs> Texas Tech. Fight Raiders fight. And I remember, I always thought it was really cool when Crabtree scored that touchdown against Texas. And... This song was just cranked up. It felt like it was cranked up on the TV. I just thought I was pretty mesmerized by that moment. And I've always thought, you know, Texas Tech is always shadowed by Texas and you know, Baylor, AM. <laughs> Everybody. At least Texas Tech has a decent fight song. And the freaking Zorro runs out to this song, too. That era of Texas Tech Raider football, Red Raider football, they, they were cool. It was cool to be a Texas Tech. Number five. The Baylor Bears. I just think it's cool. And it's called Old Fight. Normally, you don't want to bring up an old fight, but you know. I also love the fight songs that have the the heavy, like you hear the bum, 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 bum. Like the more you have of that in it, I'm just into it. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. And it's all of a sudden a really high note. I was like, at least they're a little creative. There's sure. a lot of really bland fight songs out there. Rough ones. All right, again. Number six. Don't get mad at me. Just because it's overplayed doesn't mean it's a bad song. Boom a sooner. Like, the lyrics are easy, right? Very. Plus, they had to keep them that way. You know, I'm going to hear this tomorrow. Because good old JR Jim Ross is a broadcaster for AEW, and he always comes out to Boomer Sooner. Always gets a loud reaction. I'm like, you know what? For If you're going to use a fight song as an entrance theme, this isn't terrible. It's not a bad choice. And I respect Jim Ross. He's been on this show many times. All right. Now we're really getting down to it. My top 10 favorite Big 12 theme or favorite. Big 12 fight songs, but we're going from 1 to 10. So starting with my favorite and going to my least favorite. Now we're really getting into my least favorite. Number 7. Hey, Doc Rock just showed up. <laughs> He's got a note for you. Don't call me Doc Rock. That's what it says. <laughs> You just pulled the curtain back. <laughs> anyway, this is West Virginia. 
West Virginia, just go ahead and just make the change. This is called Hail West Virginia. Yeah. I get the feeling like they were just trying to copy the schools around them. Like, like a it has that Notre Dame type of feel to it. Old school theme song. I don't know. This one just doesn't really do it for me. You nah, know what I mean? It's weird. It's it's okay. Yeah. It's in the okay range. Yeah. But it needs to be country. Just switch it to country roads. There's not one banjo. Come on. <laughs> Number eight. Do Number it. eight. MGM Studios presents <laughs> the Last Tiger King. Starring Buster Keaton, Laura Delario, and your favorite, Buster Keaton. <laughs> I, I, I ran out of 1920 names. This is uh, this is TCU. So oh. I want to play the beginning again because it sounds like the King of France is about to come out and, and make a statement. <laughs> it's like the trumpets are out, you know, with like the banners that hang from them or like the horns yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. starting to play here comes the king all rise for the king i thought it was bill self's theme song actually hey harry harry <laughs> mandated by his contract that he has to come parading out the beginning is the only best part of that one it does what have is little, that it's got a little franz ferdinand it's tcu and oh, <laughs> no man. joke their fight song is just called Fight song. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. All right, my top 10 favorite Big 12 songs, but we're going from favorite to least favorite. Number nine. Iowa State. Iowa State, if you wanted to intimidate anybody with a fight song, just play the Tornado Sirens. <laughs> Nobody wants to run out to this song. If I wanted to run out to this song, I might as well just wear a leather helmet, some baggy pants with no padding. <laughs> what do you say, fellas? And don't run a single pass play. <laughs> yeah. What'd he just do? A forward pass? Insane. But finally... Number 10. Number 10 is... A song I would never play no. on these airwaves. No. The Kansas Jayhawks fight song. Yeah. It is the most boring, but well represents their facility because they're super old and haven't done a thing with them in many years. They can't even get the fundraising for their football facilities. It's always going to look like really old guts. Nothing special. Porta potty bathrooms. It is, I am a Jayhawk. That's the name of their fight song. Whoa. KU comes in dead last, and I won't play it. With no fight in the song, in the title. No fight. Just, I'm a Jayhawk. Fight, I'm a Jayhawk. I'm a Jayhawk fight. When the recruits come into town and they hear that song, like, I'm not going to be a Jayhawk. Yeah, and they I'm go, not oh, a Jayhawk. That, that's nope, not the song. not going to happen. That's not our fight song. Uh-uh. I'm going to go to Central Missouri. <laughs> All right, that's my top 10 list for the week. You know what? Let's take a quick break. We'll get to my number one song coming up next. Softly through my I 
From 1966, Sunshine Superman by Donovan. One week at number one. Musician, songwriter, record producer from Mary Hill, Glasgow, Scotland. He's the first I can recall having a Scottish person or group or whatever as a number one hit. They're like Australia. Not a lot to pick from, I don't think. Maybe, but... Kylie Minogue is still pretty good from Australia, myself. But well, Donovan was known for mixing up genres from you know blended folk to jazz, pop, psychedelic rock, kind of just rolled up in a ball, and that's what came out. And he is also known for having a lot of famous friends. He was best friends with Joan Baez, Brian Jones, all of the Beatles. He taught John Lennon how to finger pick a guitar. Dang. How about that? Wow. Donovan was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. 29 studio albums, 12 top 40 hits, only number one. And this is from his third album, Sunshine Superman. So what the song is about, where it comes from, is when he first met his future wife, Linda Lawrence. That was back in 1965. She was recovering from a broken relationship with Brian Jones of Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. The pair dated briefly, but it didn't work out. And Lawrence broke it off at the end of the year. So he responded with this song. And well, Donovan would go on to say in an interview that it's not a normal love song. On the face of it, the song is about being with Linda again. But Sunshine is a nickname for acid. The Superman is the person capable of entering higher states because it's not easy to go into the fourth dimension and see the Matrix. Of the universe in which everything is connected, they would marry in 1970. <laughs> the interviewer's like, I'm sorry for asking. That is weird. Do you have any LSD so I can figure out what yeah. you're talking about? My you didn't God. tell me ahead of time I needed to be on acid to understand <laughs> your line of thinking. Hey, man, I don't think long-term acid uh, usage affects the brain because the brain, when I went into the fourth dimension and saw the Matrix yesterday, everything was fine. So. Now, it's funny because the producer of this song, Mickey Most, he told Donovan, because he's Donovan close with um, Paul McCartney, he's like, don't play this for Paul McCartney <laughs> because Paul is very easily influenced. If he hears this, he's going to want to get into the psychedelic rock. Yeah. Well... Donovan didn't listen and played it for Paul. Paul really liked it. And of course, you know, the Beatles did their thing where they went overseas. Like, you know, uh, who they, oh gosh, dang it. Now I'm forgetting who it was. Anyway, India. The Maharaji, right? That might have been. But anyway, they come back in a year and a half later. They're, you know, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. (laughs) He he goes, here's the song. And then Paul McCartney's like, oh, I guess I'll just write 57 other songs better than that one in the same vein. I'm Paul McCartney. The actual, so the original, the subtitle for this song was for John and Paul, a reference to John Lennon and Paul McCartney. But this was one of the first songs to ever be considered a psychedelic song. So he's one that really pushed this to get it started. And by the way, speaking of his famous friends, you guys want to take a guess? I guess at all on it's a famous friend I haven't mentioned yet. Freddie Fender. But who was playing guitar on this song? George Harrison. Wait a minute. Okay, wait. Um, But a very big band out of England. Ah, Eric Clapton. No. Jimmy Page is playing guitar on this. No way. 
Led Zeppelin. Good God. Is Jimmy Page? How old is he? He's was he like 18 in this or something? Like, I don't know, but he was a session musician wow. at the time. Led Zeppelin wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I was watching a, a video that it was Donovan performing in England, and this was probably four years ago, and Jimmy Page was there to perform with him. <sighs> they are still tight. Man. Like, so what I'm getting at is like this Donovan guy is cool. Is super cool. He's really cool. Like, he must bring the drugs <laughs> to every party. <laughs> He's the one that supplies. <laughs> Everybody wants to hang out with yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know, like I don't know who this guy is, but he has got the best acid in town. Unbelievable, and he's fun. Yeah, he's got to be fun too. Yeah. You know, it's like that's why I, I say this a lot. But I love song of the day when it's from po- like before 1985. They all have crazy stories. Who's playing guitar on this? Jimmy Page. The year you know you go 2005, and it's like they one time liked um, orange juice in the morning. You know, it just stinks. It's always <laughs> crap. Like, they didn't write this song, they didn't play any instruments, and uh, auto-tuned their voice. Sucks. Coming up tomorrow, a number one song that was after 1985. Actually, the thing is, I won't be here tomorrow, so Troy's in charge of a number two (laughs) song of the day. Troy, come on, dude. Don't pick something crappy. (laughs) You you do a great job. He, He went with Donovan today on Prince's birthday. Oh, oh. We just had Prince just a few <laughs> weeks ago. Troy, If Troy had it his way, it would be every Prince song. We just talk about it every day. And I still have not more quite, Prince songs to come, <laughs> so it's not like it's all over with. I know. It, it just had to be said. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we need to start doing like a number two song of the day, mm-hmm. like once a week. Or what about like a, a number seven song of the day? Something that got to seven and just died out. <laughs> I'm down with that. Number songs, or no, seven, number seven song of the day, uh, <laughs> Hey Jealousy <laughs> by Jim Blossom. I'm sure that's got a real oh, deep background oh to my it. God. I will have no Gin Blossom slander on this show. Oh, my God. I like God. Gin Blossom. They're, they're right. They're right. right. They, got, they had, like, three good songs. <laughs> um, here's Man, the deal. you had to bring up a bad memory. You know me. what, oh, Sage? No. You get us out when we need to get out. Let's just – I think we're we're rolling right now. Let's yeah. keep it rolling. DG's got some Ask Us Anything questions. I think he's ready. Let's kick it. Um, Ask a K-Rock – or Ask a K-Rocker for today. What was that one – Rule that you had growing up, like maybe if you were ha- came from a strict household, maybe you had a bunch of them. If you came from a pretty lax, uh, what about that? I had my mom was down for whatever. She just no drinking from the milk carton or orange juice carton or tea, whatever. Don't do it, or she'll literally punch you right in the head. I've been punched a lot. I think a big one, like I can remember my mom getting super upset, like. Whenever I would throw the clothes next to the hamper, but not oh, in the hamper. Yeah. It wasn't like a rule. It was an unwritten rule. You put the clothes in the hamper. It's everybody's yeah. unwritten rule. I, but I didn't come from a strict household. Just yeah. don't screw up. Don't be dumb. Mm-hmm. Do the right things. Just make sure you don't lose our trust. There you go. I, I think maybe the most strict thing was maybe just a curfew type of thing. You know, be home by 11 yep. or whatever. I remember when I, you know, I, I used to have a bunch of friends in Morganville. We'd all run around town. But I would always take, before I had a cell phone, I'd take a walkie-talkie <laughs> around and my mom could holler at me and just say, like, hey, everything, you know, whatever. Breaker, breaker, one nine, time to get back home. You threw some clothes by the hamper. I'm going to kill you. What it's you funny. Do? My friends used to screw with her, though, because they would, like, take it and just, like, say a bunch of stupid stuff. <laughs> Be like, what the hell is this? I'm drunk, Bob. Mitch, is that you? Anyway, what do you guys got? <laughs> um, Yeah, Curfew was always a classic, especially uh, in the fact that by the time I was a senior, I didn't have a curfew. Mm. 
by the time my brother was a senior, he did still. Because he had violated his curfew so yeah, many times. Troy yeah, didn't exactly. Have- yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. It's what I you was, get. I was gonna say curfew too because I didn't know I had a curfew for the longest time because I never was out long enough to break it. <laughs> Dang. And so what one was day it? it was midnight. Okay. One day I come home at like 1.30. I didn't realize I had a curfew and I walk in and my mom is standing in the kitchen and she's like, When's your curfew? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, When has it been for everyone else? I'm like midnight and she's like exactly Ugh. well I, my oh. parents did it right like they allowed me to make mistakes yeah like they weren't too strict like if you're you know not i'm not a parent or anything but like dg the way he's gonna lay it down is like you're absolutely not allowed to do anything you you're gonna be a strict household and of course he's gonna screw up the, his kids so and kids so <laughs> no um they just said hey if you just let us know where you're at cool just I'm, don't be dumb i'm gonna i'm gonna build a very tall tower and like, what's that girl? What's that girl's name in the 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 fairy tale that lives in the top, and uh, <laughs> they never let her out? That's what I'm gonna do with my girls. Strict households, it never works out. You stay at home, and you're not going anywhere. That's how I was raised. I didn't go out and hang out and party with friends. Oh yeah, right. Um, hey, what's the last movie that you saw in the theater? Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. Troy's thinking. Yeah, yeah. Top Gun. 1986. No. <laughs> no. no. Um, what was the rugby flick that was out? Oh, Matt Damon? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking or about. Something, there was something about like a victory or like something. I think, yeah. Anyway, but that was cool. it. Oh, it was a cool movie. Um, Sajay? The last thing I saw was that new movie Men that was like a horror movie or whatever. And it was weird. Straight <laughs> up weird. <laughs> Troy, you're thinking Invictus. Thank Invictus. You. Yes. I never have known that. heard of that. Yes. How much time we got, Sage? Ten seconds. All right, we're done. I'm off tomorrow. These two and Sage are involved as well. They're going to be hosting. Their thoughts and opinions do not represent the radio station. <laughs>